2: Oh my gosh! Can it be? It is uh, a week off, and I forget how to do this. That's not true. I've been doing this for a hundred million years. My name is Mao. This is, of course, Slow Robot A the show dedicated to bringing you B through Z grade movies. Uh, went up to uh, took a road trip up to Louisville and uh, performed a marriage, my first ever. I didn't. I became ordained to uh, to perform a wedding, and it went off without a hitch, of course. And then. Uh, Drove back and immediately got uh, a cold. So, uh, good and bad. I feel like crap. That's the bad part. Good part is I sat around watching movies, and boy did I watch movies. I have tons and tons of movies and some riff tracks, and a couple MSTs. Cause you know I gotta be me. I will say that it's kind of cool. The uh, riff tracks are now, <clears throat> they're kind of, they're rotating them out, and they're 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 out there on um, uh, Amazon Prime. I think also on Netflix, but I know Amazon, I've been watching them on Amazon Prime, and they're kind of rotating them out, and they're keeping them fresh, and it's, uh, it's a really great way. I know they have tons of them out there. I didn't realize how many they had out there. I wasn't keeping up with all the Cinema Titanics and uh, Riff Tracks, and there was a couple, there was like so many other ones in there, but uh, you know, funny stuff. I like to watch them, and they're hitting all the big ones, The The Room. Uh, With Birdemic and, uh, you know, Psycho Cop, no, Psycho Cop 2, I don't know, Cyborg Cop 2, that's what it was. So, whatever, fun stuff. I'm back, I'm gonna decompress for a couple weeks and try to, uh, get normal again and try to de-stress again, cause, uh, eh, been a little stressful the last couple weeks, but that's alright, that's part of life, right? Okay, so what have I watched this week? Alright, so... I watched one called Despicable Me, uh, three, sorry, uh, that's, I've seen the Despicable, Despicable Me's, uh, one was great, two was funny, and they upped the Minion by about a million percent because, you know, everyone loves the Minions, right? Uh, just like the aliens, just like, there's always those little things that are kind of like, the kids really love them, so then they up that up, uh, just like they did with Jar Jar, remember how everyone loved Jar Jar, there Jar Jar Fever, that's not true at all. That's terrible. I'm sorry, everyone. So yeah, so I watched Despicable Me three, and then I watched uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short had a had a really a fun uh, comedy special on. Uh, it just popped up. It was like you should watch this, and I was like, I'm gonna watch this because I really love Steve Martin. I have to admit, um, my youth was spent watching or uh, listening to a lot of uh, comedy albums. I didn't have cable growing up, and I didn't have. Uh, so TV was three fuzzy channels of sadness. But I did have access to, like, uh, Steve Martin's uh, Wild and Crazy Guy and uh, what was some of the other ones? You know, I had Flip Wilson, The Devil maybe Me By That Dress, a couple of Bill Cosby's, which we won't talk about that, um, you know, Bob Newhart, all those things. So, like, Steve Martin was one of the first ones that I, like, I listened to it incessantly, you know, over and over and over again. That was the first one. When I started getting back into vinyl... About ten or twelve years ago, you know, that was one of the first ones I sought out and bought because I was, I just like love it. So watching Steve Martin perform is always just a joy to me. You know, I, I, uh, it's always just one of those things where I, I find comforting. You know, even the, even, even some of his movies that I, I wouldn't normally, shouldn't normally like, I watch and I like them. So, I watched *Roving Mars*. That was a documentary about the rover on Mars. I. I've been on a kick with that stuff lately because I, I watched a few of the really good uh, uh, lunar, like Voyager documentaries and I'm, still, I'm starting to get into some space stuff. I like the sci-fi stuff so it kind of comes natural. Uh, then after that... <coughs> so okay, well this pickle with me is like I guess I should rate these since I'm talking about them. I don't know. Is that like cliche now? It probably is. You're like I don't care what your rating is. Uh, I'll have to think about that one. I used Because I used to rate nothing. Except for our main shows and we our main movies that we talked about, and I started rating everything, and then I was like, oh, I don't know if we should rate anything. It's, you know, you hear us talking about, or hear me talking about, it, and it's like, okay, whatever. So, uh, we'll, I'll, I'll forego it this week because you know I don't know if that's going to make or break a movie. And then I watched oh, oh I got Independence Day Resurrection. Um, mm, I don't know how to feel about that one. Independence Day, you know the Will Smith joint. That was big stuff, you know, when that came out that was crazy. Everyone was independence that crazy. Wow, that was something. And uh, like like the like the new model they've been doing is they wait about a hundred years when no one remembers or cares about it, then they re release it, and then they shrug and go, I wonder why this wasn't a big hit. because like, no one cares anymore. You gotta strike all there and it's hotter. It doesn't work. It was kinda more the same. I, I was one of the things that was that's that struck me about the Indis Independence Day resurrection, or res, uh, yeah, that's what I was no, yeah, resurrection. Um, was that like they everyone that was there before was there again, and you're like, that's not how life works. Twenty years later, that's not how, you know, everyone that went through these wacky shenanigans isn't going to go through those wacky shenanigans again. It's like kind of, I was like, no, that's 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 wrong. I went on a bit of a kick with the uh, superhero stuff. We watched uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which I swear I've seen one and two now like seven thousand times. It's getting pretty ridiculous, to be honest with you. And I watched Captain America: First Avenger. Um, now I remembered seeing Captain Avenger a long time ago, uh, like right not right when it came out, but like like after that when it hit, like must have hit the video stores or something like that. And I don't remember, like, caring one way or the other about it. I think I watched it probably while drinking many beers, and then my many beers erased, hit the big reset button, and then I forgot what things were. So I didn't care one way or the other about it. And then, you know, started getting back into this world and watching this stuff, and then I was like, oh, okay, well, that's that's kind of cool, you know. And so now I'm going to re-watch these, uh, you know. My mother has an extensive collection of superhero movies and D- on Blu-ray and DVD, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and watch them in order so I can catch up with the rest of the world and go uh you know marvel crazy that money train's not stopping anytime soon i'll tell you that much and uh oddly you know captain america was one of those superheroes that i kind of identified with the most not that i'm like really patriotic or like that but like uh, i like my i like my superheroes to be like have morals and not be brooding and hate-filled all the time i don't know that's that's like the bad guy uh you know, angry Batman. That's my vision of what like a bad guy is. He's not a good guy anymore. So I was like, well then, you know, it was, I'm. I'm not saying you know I'm. Other than the, how I wear the same tights all the time and, and say, oh gee, Willikers, I don't have anything in common with with, with uh, Captain America. I do have a shield. No, I don't have a shield. I, I wish you'd get a shield, but boy, that that's cumbersome when you work at a desk, huh? Yeah. So then after that, oh, I was really excited. I got. I don't know if you remember last show. I don't know. I, hope I, think, I think I talked about it on the last show. I watched Murder on the Orient Express. You know, I was like, oh, what a treat! What that's really awesome!" And then, so I immediately went up to Netflix and put the the newer one with Johnny Depp on the uh, you know on, up up on the top of the list so I could get that next on the discs. I, I, I'm one of those guys that still has the discs delivered. Um, and so that one came and I was like, "All oh, right, cool," you know. I've really been uh, enjoying some of that that kind of noirish stuff and it didn't disappoint. Um, I'm sure it didn't make as much as they'd hoped. Uh, but boy I sure enjoyed it. I, I liked the first one, probably I liked the first one better. Only because it was a lot more suspenseful, kinda. You know, and maybe it's just from knowing the story and knowing knowing the you know, from watching it and then watching the new one, you're kinda like, well, there's no there's no real Tension or anything like that, but they did change it a little bit here and there to make it. It was, it was pretty cool, you know. I, I was, I was happy that I got to see it. Uh, and then what did I see next? Oh my gosh! Then I watched uh, Coco, which was a Disney. I guess it was a bomb that Disney put out. You know, I was surprised it was on there on the streaming already because I was like, huh, that's weird. I, I I remembered it just coming out, but that can't be. Um, It's probably been out longer than I think because, you know, when you get older, time just kind of speeds by. But uh, I remember seeing hearing about it, Coco, you know, and then I was like, oh, I don't know, whatever, I don't really care about Mexico. And then, not that I don't care about Mexico, I just don't, I mean, it's just like I didn't, the story didn't like grab me. But then I watched the the, the movie and I was like, oh, this is really good. You know, I, I actually really kind of enjoyed it a lot and it was one of those surprise movies that when you watch it, you're like, wow, you're really touched, and it was really kind of impactful and important and kind of cool, and it was well like, that happens more often than not with Disney stuff, with Pixar stuff especially. They know how to tell a good story, so like, I know sometimes you hear people, they're like, oh, I don't watch any of that, that's for kids and all that kind of stuff or whatever, and I was like, well, you don't understand uh, movies, or you don't understand like storytelling or whatever like that, because Although yes, some of them are childish. For the most part, they're not. Like most of them, especially Pixar stuff, you look at it and you're like, "No, that's a, that's that that's the best story you've you've never heard." You know, so you 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 watch the story and it's there's always there's always stuff written for kids because it is they are you know for kids. But there's also these are movies that anyone can watch really, uh, and that that's the way Coco was. Uh, I really dug it. That's one I'm definitely going to... I don't think I'll buy it, but it's definitely one I'm going to watch again, especially before it goes off of the uh, the streaming. Then I watched one, Making Fun, The Story of Funko. Now, if you don't know what Funko is, Funko started out as a company in the, like, 90s, early 90s that was making bobbleheads, and they were making all the cool stuff, like the uh, big uh, Bob... Uh, what's that? Big Boy and uh, Austin Powers and all this kind of stuff, and they and they do those big bobbleheads. But now what they're known for is, you know, when someone doesn't know you, and then you know, maybe at your office, and then, but they, but they get you in the Secret Sando, or, or or they they're for your birthday, the team, and they go, oh, hey, we found this vinyl figure with a gigantic head, because we know you like, uh, I don't know, whatever, we know you like uh, movies, so here we got you. gigantic big Lebowski or here's a big Godzilla it's one of those Funko those little vinyl figurines that are now like just crazy town uh everyone uh, everyone at least has one in the world everyone even children have in poor countries they ship them in and just drop them into the into the you know terrain so a kid will have one because it's uh, mandatory on this earth and uh, watching the watching the movie you know, about it and about the founder and he passed it off to a friend of his and everything like that. I was like, this is really, it's a very interesting story. It's kind of one of those that you dream, like anyone who has their own business or anyone that does their own stuff dreams that this is the way it would happen for them. Uh, And it's just pretty cool because now it's this huge thing and now, you know, and they always, uh, you know, I really enjoyed it. It's out there streaming. It's on Netflix, I think. So I would definitely recommend it. And I don't even really have any interest in those, Collectible vinyl things. I have a bunch of them because, like I said, you in you know, office setting, and somebody's like, "Hey, here's a thing." And you're like, "Oh, thanks." Um, I do have a couple cool Godzilla ones uh, that uh, uh, Paris got me. So I, I can't, you know, Paris is a, a character at work. I used to work before they fired me. Uh, not fired me. I'm sorry. Uh, before my job went to India. So the um, but he got me uh, some Godzillas because I'm always I'm always up for Godzilla stuff because I love Godzilla. So yeah, the fun making fun the the story of Funko is a very interesting watch. I would definitely recommend it. And I watched one called uh, Tabloid. Boy, was this pointless! This is one of those documentaries you get in and you're into lo- you're you're like in too deep, and you should have turned it off long ago. It's about some crazy lady who like wh- like kidnapped and raped a, a Mormon that says was her one true love and all this stuff and. And about 20 seconds in, you're like, oh my god, this lady's insane. And then you go, oh my god, everyone in this story is just insane. And then you go, oh my god, I still have 20 minutes left, but I should have turned this off 45 minutes ago, and now you've wasted two hours of your life on a story that's meaningless and pointless. Basically, some crazy woman who was Miss Wyoming or some crap in the 60s went nuts and thought she was in love, and then the guy left because of Mormonism, and then... Mormonism, that's like a or something like that. No, that's not true. Mormon, Mormon, so some Mormon left, and then, then she went and had sex with him, and then, I don't know, guilt and ah, uh, it's just kept going. And I was like, oh, I hate this story. I hate everyone in this story. That happened with the uh, Buffalo 66. That was a, that was a movie I watched. I was all I was like, oh, this this looks like a pretty cool movie. And everyone in it was so despicable. I was like, I don't I don't care about anyone. Everyone in this movie could die, and I'd be like, well, uh, thank God that was a great ending to this story because. I, I don't like a single person in this movie. So, uh, that's what happened to the tabloid. I, unfortunately, they're all alive yet. So and then I, and I watched, um, 27, Gone Too Soon, and that was this long uh thing about the, of course, there's a, the myth of the two artists that left us too soon at the age of 27. You know, you have uh, the doors, uh, not the whole doors, just, uh, eight, the doorknob, I guess, would be, uh, what's that guy's name? Jim Morrison, and then, uh, Jimi Hendrix, and, and, uh, you know, it's just talking about like the curse. But then the, one of the guys, even in the, in the thing, was even like, "Well, there's a million people that died at 26 and 25 and and 28 and 29." You know, and that's just one of those things where they latched onto it. So whatever. Yeah, you know, it was. And I did like learning about a little bit about you know, Hen- like, like Hendrix and then uh, of course Nirvana and then Amy Winehouse and uh, what was that lady's name? I even like her. Janis Joplin. Yeah she's in the 27 club that, that numbers I've I've beaten all them I'm long past that um, and I haven't let all this fame go to my head either so that's a plus right and then finally the last one that I'm going to kind of showcase uh, before we go into uh, some kung fu theater reruns uh, I watched uh, an oldie but a goodie well I should say an oldie but a baddie I watched the uh, the Phantom from 1996. Now, man, I don't know about this movie. This is a very strange movie. I remembered it being bad, and I was like, well, let's see. Sometimes you remember something bad, and it turns out that you're like, ah, oh, it just wasn't a good place when I watched it. And sometimes you watch something you thought was good, and you're like, oh my God, I was dumb when I was a kid. Uh, consequently, I like how everything in my life, I always look back, and I was like, boy, I was dumb back then. And you realize, I say that about every stage of my life, so apparently I'm just dumb. Because when I'm, you know, like, when I'm 55, I'll be like, boy, I was dumb when I was 45, and, and 45, boy, I was dumb when I was 35, I don't know, I don't think I'm ever going to find that golden nugget of knowledge to make me not dumb. But, uh, yeah, this is one of those major busts where, uh, you know, Billy Zane, where well, they hung their hat on the Billy Zane craze of the 90s, remember that? No, nobody knows that. Christy Swanson's in it, and Treat Williams, and, uh, you know, it's, uh... (laughs) I think what happened was they were... When this came out, I think there was also, like, Dick Tracy was around, and, like, and the Batmans were doing that whole campy thing, so they tried to film it, like, as a tweener. Like, he's a real serious guy, but it's it's filmed, like, kind of, like, old style and goofy a little bit, like... There's no slide whistles, but there could have been one or two. Funniest thing about the Phantom is he doesn't really have any any superpowers, only really, he can shoot a gun. So apparently, I'm qualified to be the Phantom. Uh, there's this long story about oh, his son saw his father killed by a some some Chinese pirates, and so they washed ashore and they devoted his life to curing evil and. He only does it in that one square acreage of the of the the village of the of the, the rainforest or whatever. So I was like, I don't think um... I don't think that's really curing evil. But I digress. I don't know. It, it, it was a commercial flop. You know, it was uh, its budget was like forty-five or fifty million dollars, and it made like I don't, not even twenty. It didn't even break twenty, so that's why there's no Phantom Two Electric Boogaloo. Uh. It was just um, not good. I, I can tell you, and I like cheesy dumbness. And I was kind of like, ah, oh, this might be alright, you know. It wasn't very good at all, you know. And the director, I don't, I don't think the director has done anything else. Uh, Free Willy and Harley Davidson, the Marlboro Man. That's one I ought to rewatch because I'm sure that's just a tragedy, really. Uh, and what else? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, just dumbness. Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles, oh, that's bad, so yes, Slam Evil, The the Phantom, I was, if we're going to rate movies, I'll rate that one <laughs> a lowly two out of ten, and, uh, it's not campy enough to be funny, it's not serious enough to be good, 90s were a bad time, man. I, I, I'm convinced of it. I, I like the 90s. I liked, like, you know, like Jim Carrey was hitting and there was some funny movies. You know, I, there was a lot I remember being very funny about the 90s. But some of the movies I've rewatched, man, are they bad. You know, those Batmans. Oh, my God. What are you talking about here? And then this thing. And, you know, I keep thinking I want to go back and watch the other one. I want to go back and watch that, uh, that darn Dick Tracy. Because I remember that one had Dustin Hoffman mumble around and it had, a and Madonna was in there, I think, because why not? It was the 90s, fresh off of her, off of her sex book. <clears throat> so you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll get I'll get to that one. So there you have it. The fandom, not a very not a very good movie to to watch. So uh, okay, well that's gonna be it for this week. I'm gonna drop in another uh, Kung Fu Theater, and I'll see you next week. Maybe my voice will last longer than 20 minutes. I know, it's hard to shut me up, but a cold has done it. It's like, uh, I'm even like kind of past it, but this is like the crappy part. You know, like the first part, you feel like, oh, maybe this isn't a cold, maybe it's just like, maybe I am just uh ate some shellfish, I don't remember, and uh, apparently I also developed a shellfish allergy. But then none of that turns out to be true, because the next day you woke up and it feels like somebody punching the throat with lava gloves. And then you sitting there going, I can't talk, I can't and you're coughing and hacking and everything hurts. And then that settles into a nice cough and runny nose for about a day and a half. And then uh, now I'm at the part where it just settled in, just hunkered into my chest and brain. And I'm just going to be sitting here like all stuffy for about, uh, I don't know, seven months. It'll clear right up. But, uh, so yay for that. All right, well here's Kung Fu Theater. I'll see you next week with some more B-movie shenanigans.
0: I'm <laughs> going
2: Oh my god, we are back with more Kung Fu action, action, action! So, so, we're, ah! so we're
3: doing Kung Fu Theater now.
2: Yes. We're
3: not doing Slow Robot. Nope, that's this a is,
2: different one. That's, this, this is a different is, one. Okay, this
3: is the martial arts show. Sure is.
2: My name's High Kicking Mao, as with me as always. Sensei Morbius. Yes, no, you just said Low Kicking uh, Morbius from, <laughs> from Dojo's Unknown. Dojo. And this is the Kung Fu Theater podcast here on... In uh, Radio St. Pete, uh, yes, and, but, right. but but yes, also Saint sometimes Pitt. on uh, Slow Robot. Not yet, but they probably will be. Slow Robot, a go. That's
3: our other podcast, which you should check out, which is on MotionDorks dot com, and it's a hub of entertainment and so on and so forth. All movies, and all and the scooby time. Scooby Dooby Dooby.
2: Sure, why not?
3: This is just about martial
2: arts. Though. This is just about crazy martial yes. arts this week. Wow.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, we usually what we do is for this format is uh, we go back and forth, and like one week Dr. Moore will pick one, and one week I pick one. Now, this would be the
3: complete opposite of the Tongue Father. Yes,
2: last week you picked the Tongue Father. Hyper. Serious. Brutal. Serious. Yeah, very grim, rough one. This rough. one was one of my first ex- uh, exposures. Did uh, you
3: rent this at a video store or something?
2: No, I don't know. How, no, I think I might have just... This would have been one of the first, like, kung fu boxes I bought. At, uh, okay. in the. See, for those of you who don't know, in the early days when, when DVDs came around, yeah. There was this phenomenon where Best Buy was the place to be. It was, and they every week you'd go up there and you would just stuff. buy, buy, buy. Every Friday, get you your paycheck. Buy movies, man, and DVDs were it. They were the thing, man. And uh, I was in that crew. I would go and and Me too. and I would look and look and where to spend my hard-earned dollars, and then ah, and I would find a, the gem that no one else saw, and I'd grab a box set of Kung Fu, or I'd grab a. Jackie Chan, Metal Tin, filled with movies. And one of the first ones I bought was, uh, I, I had a Godzilla box set. I remember. A very weird one. The first one, like, it's very... Scimitar, it's, I think, put it Yeah, up. it's yeah. like that weird box. It's not like a normal box set. And then I also got Jackie Chan. It has, like, Drunken Master and Half a Loaf of Kung Fu and a couple of other ones. Um, for those of you younger who don't know Jackie Chan before the before times, before Disney got him and before some of the rush hour and wackiness, he was a very very serious martial artist and he was he was really strong and a powerful guy. He was a contender to Bruce Lee, maybe not in popularity or cult status, different but but popularity but, but, was, wise, popularity yeah. and also yes he was much different. He was more he loved slapstick, he loved Three Stooges, humorous. he loved uh. Charlie Chaplin, you know, so... Buster uh, Keaton. Buster Keaton. He followed them. He studied them as much as he did martial arts. So this one uh, that I chose was the first one that I saw many, many years ago in those weird early 90s when DVDs reigned supreme.
3: Well, know. what happened was, if I remember correctly, in mm-hmm. the 80s, all these movies were on video. Mm-hmm. So you'd go to the video store and you see it. And I remember always seeing this title, Half a Look of Kung Fu. And I was just like, that just sounds really like so, stupid. It's a weird want, title. I don't want to. Go, I don't want to go there. So I would always pass it up, but it was always there. You always that one saw where it. he's
2: sitting there like this, something like, like that. Like he has his yeah. four fingers. He's like doing. He has his hands up in the air or something like that.
3: And yeah, that's so,
2: why I chose this one. Half a loaf of kung fu. That's such an odd.
3: So you'd see this all <laughs> over the place, and then like by the 90s or turn or early 2000s, when Best Buy was in its peak, you'd always see this one. Like you said, in a box of Jackie Chan, because they're Always. capitalized in the public domain, maybe, possibly, I don't know.
2: No, these were Shaw Brothers. but These were this was 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 the she, Shaw Brothers? I don't know if... No, 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 he had moved out of his Shaw Brothers, but his, uh, his other stuff was Shaw Brothers. Oh,
3: okay, yeah, yeah Sorry, yeah.
2: sorry, I was wrong, Ed. This was right... Like, he was in the Shaw Brothers stable for a while, and yeah. I think the last one was uh, Come Drink With Me with the um, uh, Cheng Pei Pei.
3: Was Drunk Ma- Drunken Master Shaw Brothers? That <sighs>
2: no, doesn't matter. no. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Shaw Brothers kind of goes in and out of everything that's in, in some way or another. You know, they uh, they control a lot. But yeah, but
3: yeah, but but like I said, back then you went to the Best Buy's where you would go because the video stores were all out of business, and then you'd go there and like on a Friday night, and it'd be like you said, a ton of movies. I was I wasn't getting martial arts; I was getting B movies. But I mean, back then, like. You know, Best Buy was carrying stuff like The Sensuous Nurse and, like, you know, had, Graveyard of Horror. They had almost a bizarre. They had
2: everything. They, they had because, everything. because
3: what was happening with video was video stores needed stuff to put on their shelves. They needed content. So Best Buy was just buying any content that they could get a hold of. So you'd go there every week and you'd see these oddest movies there. And, of course, I'd be dropping, like, 20 or 30 bucks. Because I'm like, oh my god, on DVD, really? Like
2: clockwork, they got like my money. Like clockwork
3: for for like at least four or five years till they went to crap. You know, till a new new they, new company took over. Well, I was gonna say running. they
2: literally changed management and said we don't care about that crap. We we're gonna we'd rather sell a appliances TV appliances
3: and TVs and phones. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Anyway, so that's 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 that yeah, that's the story of that. The
2: interesting thing about that whole phenomenon is the other the other side of the of the coin is you'd also find these, like, almost criterion-like treatments of some stuff. Sure. I have a whole bunch of kung fu movies out there that are done by this one. I can't remember the name of the, of the company. I can bring one in. They had, like, hard plastic sleeves with the, with the um, artwork on the outside slid over the DVD, which also had the artwork, and it was ripped to the highest quality, and the audio was perfect. I mean, you would find that stuff, too. And you're like, sure. "Oh, you can buy the cheap one for seven bucks or the expensive one for twelve or fourteen, sure and it just it was really a different time you know
3: a better time
2: kinda so half a loaf of kung fu jackie Chan um he, i if you if you only know the newer stuff i you should probably take a look at his early stuff. He was a very good martial artist, very uh Body control was off the charts. His strength was high. You know, he was really funny. But he's good. really
3: just goofing it up in this movie. This As, one's as a matter of crazy. fact, throughout this whole movie, he's like, he's not even a, a good Kung Fu guy. He's trying to fight. He's trying to become. He wants to become a Kung Fu guy, so he's just a he's, goofball. Yeah, he's a
2: goofball. He gets little, beat
3: up a lot. This alive. is a live-action
2: Looney Tunes. They, they, they tried to make up because there was even that one part where in his dream he's getting beat up, and he stops and he goes, hold on, and he, he eats a piece of grass like spinach. And, and he becomes Popeye, Popeye and he's like walking around like Popeye and uh, really, this yeah. is you. At, at first, you'd be like, "This is like an acid trip kind of movie."
3: Really, especially the intro, which is really trippy. Well,
2: and he's the fu- the funniest thing is the very first part. He's doing this intro, and he's kind of making fun of all the like the the genre kind of things. Kind first, of, he's yeah. the blind swordsman, and yeah. he swings and he swings his sword and he misses everyone, and they start laughing at him. And then he does the um, what was the other one where he does like. He jumps around and he like he's like trying to dodge the arrows and they all hit him.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So he And then he
2: does one where he's like, Jesus Christ superstar that music was comes freaky. on freaky. And I'm like, what did this come from? They man? threw knives and it hung him up like in the in like a cross and he was and Jesus Christ Super-
3: superstar song goes up and goes, What well, this is what am I watching? You know, it, and it, this is just the it's
2: just the title credits. Yep. And then and then you're like, Wow you know um, I'm like okay because then there's that one part where the monk is just they're going dun, 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 and they like they're like they're all around him yelling at him to do more work when he's really tired you remember that one and like yeah all and uh so he,
3: i mean i read that the producer of this movie i forgot what his name is lo,
2: like low lay
3: low low yeah something like that not low Live but something along those lines yeah low way or something like right. that or he wasn't happy with this movie when it came out. I think it was held back until... But then when Jackie Chan got famous, they, they put it out and made money. The credits, is,
2: his name is spelled with a Y. Yeah, it Jackie. Jackie with a that's Y the way the video, of I. That's
3: the way the video things were with yep. a Y, Jackie. Yeah. And then
2: they, they, I think he found out that that's the female spelling and he changed it to I E, for the American uh, audience. Even though
3: I've seen the female spelled Jackie with an I-E too, you know, yeah, so I E too. Yeah, I don't think. Go figure. You know? I just think
2: that changed at some point because all of his later stuff was I E. Is always Jackie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
3: right, exactly. Yeah.
2: But uh, yeah, so right off the bat, it, you, the title screen lets you know this. Don't take this one too seriously. There's good martial arts in it. But this is just shenanigans from from start to finish. Um, Pretty much, yeah.
3: <laughs> Hard to understand and follow.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, so, um, well, let's take a trailer break because then when we come back, what we'll do is uh, we'll, we'll just go. You're gonna
3: try to figure out what goes on. Oh, this I, I can. I can. I've you seen can. this so many times. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm like, I was like a, f- a few times ago. Who is this guy? Isn't this guy showing up again? What's going yeah. on and the, here? And the, the
2: girl was the one of the girls was from. Uh, uh, Flying, master of the Flying Guillotine.
3: Okay. Yeah, which one? There's about eight Masters of the Flying Guillotine. I think the, the, the real one. The ma- okay. No.
2: And then there was also the, the 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 head bad guy, not the bald one at the end, but the, that, that real evil one, he's been in like everything. Okay. There's there's like one guy who he looks like a bad guy and he's cast as the bad guy. The guy the hair
3: guy. comes off, They pulls his hair No, no, off. no, not
2: that guy. The, the guy right no, before... there's like
3: eight bad guys. Yeah, the
2: guy right before him where he Okay, like, yeah, 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 He yeah. has like... You know, almost like he has the... Cheng Pei Pei, or not Cheng Pei but The um, come on, the uh, what's the? Let's just take a break. Oh, we'll my brain's frying it. out. Yeah, like from Kill Bill. Remember the guy, Pai Mei? He's almost oh, like yeah, he yeah, looks yeah, like yeah, a yeah, Pai yeah, character, yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, but Mei, uh, yeah. all right, well, we'll um, yeah, here's here's some trailers, and we'll be right back. I
0: have to go to church. What for? Confess my sins. I'm a
1: sinner. Can the world heavyweight boxing champion match his fists against the lethal masters of the martial arts? Bamboo gods and iron men. From Harlem to Hong Kong and across the China Sea, they fear the name, the fame, and the fury of Black Cal Jefferson, the champ. <laughs> He matched a left hook and a right cross against the skills of the Kung Fu killers and hit them right where they live, in the land of bamboo gods and iron men, where the naked fist is deadlier than a bullet. Black Cal Jefferson, he carved a path of vengeance and violence across the land of bamboo gods and iron men. American International. Rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent.
3: Hey, want to hear the most
2: annoying sound in the world? Bamboo gods and iron men. In the
3: Philippines. Sure is. Soon to be a major motion picture on Kung Fu Theater
2: maybe. <laughs> Probably. That sounds like one that's right up our alley. Yep. So okay, we start out after the wacky uh shenanigans that the start credit. the credit sequence. Yeah.
0: You
2: know, Jackie Chan is uh is, is wandering around as a as a as a beggar, he's hungry, you know, and he needs a job. And they, they hammer up a posting kind of like for uh locals the local uh, lord needs a uh, servant kind of thing and they all run up to get this job like because there's everyone's unemployed this is you know the, one of those this is america today this is one of those <laughs> it's america today china 1600 years ago yeah. uh everyone was unemployed and needed a job and um and they start kind of fighting over who gets this job and uh, yeah. the the hung looking guy kind of comes up. He's oh like, yeah, yeah, he's like, that yeah. That's just yeah. my job. And he so <laughs> that was funny. And he does this stuff where he he's kind of like lucks into everything, you know. So the the guy did have
3: an egg fight with Sammo yeah, Hung? he's running. Yeah,
2: he's running through. He jumps into this egg coop and he's throwing eggs at him and it's going slow motion like the yeah. eggs are hitting this big in face, dude in the and, face and he's jumping out and. And then finally, like the guy gets knocked out. I forget how he gets knocked yeah. out, but it doesn't matter. So he runs up and grabs the paper, and he goes in. And he's like, and he, and, he, he's, and he 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 like walks around like he's really cocky. He's trying to be <laughs> like super cocky uh, in every motion. He's like, ah, I'm the guy for this job, and because at first they they come in and try to beat him up, and he's like, No, no, I'm here for this job. And I guess we the, you don't know the joke because he shows the wrong side, and everyone's like, Huh? So the the other side was probably like female wanted yeah, so right. then he was like nah and then he flipped around and they're like oh okay the house boy yeah, yeah, yeah. and the one guy comes and he's like and he's like ah you'll the lord's like literally like you'll do let's go and he has this guy say show him to his spot you know show him to where he's gonna sleep he walks in lays down and immediately goes to sleep and has this dream where he's dreaming that he's Popeye. This is the part where it was like oh, this, this is when he's fighting because he
3: wants to be. He's a crappy martial artist, but he wants to be really good. His
2: yeah, his aspirations are always to be like this, the greatest Kung martial. Fu master, artist. yeah. You know, so he's always trying to learn whatever he can from wherever he can.
3: So he has that Popeye dream where he's beat up by like four guys, and yeah, he and he, and he
2: jumps up and he's like doing, and it is it is literally a Looney Tunes cartoon. But then he wakes up and he's like, oh, I'm hungry. And he goes and steals, like, the Lord's food, like the chicken wing. Yeah. And he's sitting there with all his food. He's running around eating it. And when they were going in there, like, now, don't look in there because that's where the witch lives. And he's like, the witch? And and this, like, girl closed the doors and it's like, nah, na." Like, she, like they, they did that thing. So Jackie Chan is walking back to his room. He's done no work up to this point. He slept, had a dream, went, stole somebody's food, now or the Lord's food, and then he pokes a hole through the rice paper like they always do in these movies, and he looks in and the witch is there with these snakes crawling over the place, and he's like nah, and <laughs> and, and and the guy comes, then the the guy catches him, and he's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, hey, look in that hole, it's really weird. The second in command or like the head guy looks in, and the snake comes flying through the hole and kills him. Right. So the witch right. saw the hole and and like did that, and then Jackie Chan's like nah, and he like runs away. And then he just and that so then he's there and, and then the 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 Lord comes up to him at, like at a different time and that was like it for the scene, went dark and he's like okay you go into town and get me some stuff. So he's walking along into town and he sees these two famous fighters like the whip the the the, the whip the hand. silver whip or the whip hand and then there's another guy fighting him, an assassin, and they kill each other during this fight like the whip master. Like goes for a kill move, and then the other guy has a secret like dart throwing gun in the, hidden in his stick. So the guy gets about ten d- darts in his chest, and then he kills him with his whip as they both fall down. So it's one of those things where Jackie Chan's just sitting there watching this, and these two guys kill each other. He goes up to the d- bodies and sees like a note on the assassin's belt that says, "Oh, this guy's worth five hundred dollars." Like a wanted. Like yeah, wanted poster, five hundred silver. So Jackie Chan takes the guy in. And gets this collection, collects his money. So now he's pretending he's the ma- the whip master in this thing, and they're giving him the money, and he's and he's he's like has a he has a bird and like these new clothing, yeah, like he's acting like he's just hit the lottery. and He's just being an idiot, you know. Which is it's hilarious watching this, you know, because he's he plays it really well. He's funny, yeah, yeah, you know. Funny, yeah, yeah. Um, and then like so so then he he's like at this point. A beggar comes up to him and he's like, "Oh, he he does like this like thing that knocks him over. He's like, "Hey, don't you know who I am? I'm the famous mas- whipmaster. But what was that move you showed me?" So he's like, "Hey, I call it the the crazy concubine or something weird like yeah, that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz he and he's like, "It's and it's it's you can't even defend yourself against it." So then Jackie Chan starts pl- practicing that move. And he gets into trouble cuz somebody tries to m- mug him and he he starts doing a concubine, concubine like he does the move that he just learned. And that's throughout this whole movie, like, he learns one move and he just starts trying to do it in the middle of no matter what's going on around him, you know. So then he's at, he's at
3: a bar or something. Yeah, they go into the,
2: to eat. They go to a restaurant. And then Typical. he starts
3: checking out, like, the daughter of some guy. Some, and then that has a whole weird story mm. plot about, like, something about they had an antidote to some poison or something. And the
2: whipmaster was that girl's brother.
3: Okay, right, 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 yeah. So then he's checking her out, and she goes, "Oh, father, that guy's looking at me." You know, and then he's like, "Well, you know, don't, don't, you know, he's he's being nice or whatever, you know, something or another." And then somehow or another, he gets pickpocketed, right? Well, well the
2: the he pick first the other these two huge like guys yeah, get yeah. pickpocketed by a girl. I no, I, I don't know by who by a, yeah, by a girl, but then he pickpockets the the girl when he sits the the guys down he's like hey let's all be calm down now and then she comes over and like touches him and pickpockets his silver
3: yeah yeah it, it, it's, it's, it's confusing it,
2: it was, this was very disjointed this this part of the movie was just like wait now what is happening here. Um <clears throat>
3: So, so I mean, so it's like anyway. So then, at this point, he's like, you know, he, you know, he, she's, he doesn't even realize he gets pickpocketed until she leaves. Cause he actually pays for his yeah. Well, first food the, or the two guys try to pay yeah,
2: and they're like, oh, but our our money's gone. And they're like, well, you leave your clothing or something like that because <laughs> you you owe us money. He's like, start a tab? No tabs here, you know.
3: And then after he leaves, that whole scene goes. And then he's like, he I forgot what, at some point he meets a master.
2: This. But, yeah, right after he leaves there, because he's like, mm, uh, that girl stole my money, or I don't know where my money went. You know. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. So he made some kung fu master, and he wants to get. But he looks like a bum. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's trying to learn kung fu, and he's pretty bad at it, or whatever. And then I, I mean, I, and then it's like all these like weird, like I really I lost. I gave up trying to figure out where this movie was going and I was just watching it for the jokes at this part, you know, because yeah. I was just like, I'm lost. I have no idea what's going
2: on. Right. You know? It's like this guy, he meets another kung fu master who farts. That Well, that's... The the, the old guy first doesn't want to take him on and he's like, yeah, I'm just a beggar. You think I'm a stupid jerk. And he's like, no, no, your kung fu is really awesome. Teach me. Please be please be my teacher. And they do that whole thing where he's running around like bowing to him and please be my pe- teacher. And then uh, he's like, "Okay, I'll tell you what. You go, go and try and learn something, and then I'll kind of, I'll you know help you here critique and critique you yeah. or whatever." Yeah. So then, this this guy that farts is also that's the street guy, the, like yeah, a bum,
3: yeah.
2: Who he like farts every time he goes into the scene. He goes, "Well, here's
3: this is the move." And he goes like, "Erp," you know. Yeah, at the end, the, at the end of the movie, he farts. You know, You're like, okay, and, he, and know. so he
2: does this thing where he like he goes, "Oh, what, watch this one. I, I'll show you two moves." he's like, this one's, and he's like throwing out his, this one's Iron Finger, Iron Finger, Iron <laughs> Finger. And he's farting, and he's doing this, and he's like, oh. And, he's in, and then this one's Bow to the King, Bow to the King. So he's <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, you do those two moves, and you'll never lose. <laughs> <laughs> so Jackie Chan's doing these moves. And then this guy comes up, and he's like, oh, my daughter stole your money. It was just a joke, a misunderstanding. Please don't be angry. He still thinks he's like the, the whip master. Right, right, yeah. So he's like, "Would you help me um uh, we have to take this antidote to the lord, not the lord, the, the lord of the area, the, you know, the the, the right,
3: the, the big the, shot, the big cheese." And man. he's like,
2: "Oh, sure, I'll help because he ha- kind of has the hots for the girl."
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So at this point he's like the servant kind of helping out and and the, he's still trying to learn those martial arts moves. And then, like at every turn, he'll he'll take a piece of paper with a move on it, and he tries the piece of
3: paper with a drawing. tries he's, to learn he it. You well, know. he's fighting. He's looking at. It, he goes. Well, oh, that's yeah, the that's, end, the, that's, move. that's oh, the ending oh, that's one. The that's ending, yeah. which made me laugh a lot. Yeah, that's
2: uh, The end fight was good and funny. So at this point now, he's with that group and he's helping them walk like walk this trail in China. Uh, we're gonna take a quick tr- a break and then we come back. We'll go through the, the conclusion. Last, the conclusion of half a loaf of kung fu. Act
3: three, as the Quinn Martin Productions would say.
2: Right.
0: Mock. Yeah. Ing. Yeah. Bird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah! Mockingbird, don't everybody have you heard? She's gonna buy me a Mockingbird. And if that Mockingbird don't sing, She's gonna buy me a diamond ring. And if that diamond ring don't sing...
1: Now the ultimate evil devil woman, the fattest dudes that ever walked the face of the earth fight it out with Satan's sinister sister in a battle to the death devil woman don't cross a path unless you're tired of living plus dragons never die in the tradition of Bruce Lee it's the martial arts picture of the year it's super tough devil woman and the dragons never die take your mama to see them before somebody else does in color rated eyes.
2: What is that ringing? Do I have a tumor? Devil Woman incense around. Now with fighting. Okay, so now we're back for Act 3 of Kung Fu Theater. (laughs) (laughs) The conclusion. (laughs) The conclusion of Jackie Chan's Have a Love of Kung Fu. So at this point now they're on their kind of the, the end of the journey kind of thing where they're walking with this antidote. And, like, these, this gang jumps up to attack There's one them.
3: gang that's got a woman involved in it. Well, there's, yeah, there's
2: two rival gangs. Yeah. The first gang jumps up, and they're just, like, the bad guys. And then, then the second clan, who's run by women, is called, like, the Poison Clan. Yes. So there's the, the Dark Lotus Clan, and then there's the Poison Clan. And they're, like, first they're, all, but they're both trying to kill them. And Jackie Chan keeps antagonizing them, saying, I'm the one that killed your master. <laughs> you know, I killed that guy. I'm the whip master. I'm the famous guy. And uh, and then they're like, oh, you killed my best pupil. I'm going to get you. And that's when, like, then the Poison Clan shows up and he's like, yeah, you're so arrogant, you know. Oh, and there was a humph in this movie at at, at minute 18. That's the okay. first one, yeah. So they start fighting. And then then Jackie Chan and the other guys are like, let's just kill, leave. <laughs> so they just went and hid. And it was like, <laughs> that was funny. Uh, they fight for a while and they're like, hey, they went away. So then they go and they toss their belongings and and they can't find this antidote. Um, and the, the one of the the dad gets the, a poison dart. And this is like a subplot where he's dying, and then Jackie Chan has to go get this this antidote. And and he runs into the 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 old man, the master. And the master's like, oh, you didn't you didn't practice hard enough. That's why you suck. And he's like, oh, I know, but I'm whatever. You know, I just I I, I will. I promise he's like, he shows him a couple more moves, and he says, now take these two things to that guy so he gets better.
3: Right, right,
2: yeah. So Jackie Chan's sitting there practicing, and then this is where the, the 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 girl comes out, and she's like, why are you pretending to be the whipmaster? That was my brother, and you killed him. And he's, he explains the whole thing that, no, he didn't. He just happened upon this scene. After she smacks him like ten times in the yeah, face. Yeah,
3: because the, the two girls are pretty good martial artists. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah.
2: They whoop some butt in this one. Yeah,
3: movie. yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So
2: um. So so then he leaves, and then that's when the the, the bum comes out again. He's like, "Ah, oh, I heard your story. You're not even that guy." He's like, "No, oh, I am that guy. I've killed so many hundreds of people. <laughs> I, what's a woman? You know?" He's like, very funny, chauvinistic, but not like in a mean way. As a stupid way. Yeah, you know? in a stupid way. Yeah. Um. So he's like, okay. So then he he's like, "Well, you keep working on whatever he's sh- on this new technique, and then um." You know, and that, and and he's like, okay. So at this point, the bad guys kind of show up again to antagonize them, and they all run out. Now this is like the final scene. Again, this is and mess.
3: again, in a lot of these movies I'm noticing the last scene is usually like a 15 minute battle royal.
2: Oh yeah, and this one, this one felt long. Yeah. To me, the fight scene felt a little long because it was very messy. Getting there was messy. The the setup was kind of like what? Who are these people? Like that one guy, those two guys. And his and their master show up. They weren't even part of this movie up to this point, except for the bar.
3: That's right, yeah.
2: And you're like, what the hell's going on here? You know. So, but anyway, so like they fight, they fight, they fight, and then a lot of that extra is kind of running in, getting a knife, running in, kicking, um, and then it boils down to.
3: And then the girl, one of the girls, gets cut with the poison.
2: With like they have these axes. Yeah. Dipped in the poison, the poison clan. So she's laying there, and then he. It kind of boils down to. They kill those two bad the, the the two baddies that were in the bar, and then this guy shows up out of nowhere wearing this bright blue thing. He's like, "Hey, you killed those guys. Now I'm gonna get the antidote and 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 avenge my sons." And you're like, "Wait, who are you? What is this? <laughs> what The hell are you talking about?" Because the 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 poison clan woman is still over there, but Jackie Chan catches her in midair and drops her on one of her own poison darts and kills her. Right. So it's just this guy and them. So the 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 lanky um, the street urchin who is actually a, a master as well is fighting this guy and he has this long pole and it's a small. At one point he shoves the pole of a guy's uh, butt and the guy goes eh, and, he, and he like and he like like goes off screen holding his butt cheeks together and then the guy like goes ooh like his pole like his his weapon smells then you're like. What am I watching here? It's so crazy. There was so much and so much of this, like using each other to hit people and like. Yeah, yeah. Over. Jackie
3: Chan would always like flip over and like hit somebody with the butt or whatever. Yeah, it's
2: so funny and and so interesting. Um, the acrobatics you can see where they were so acrobatic. Um, so then this guy who's like now I've I've had enough of this. I'm gonna beat you up. He's kind of beating this guy up. And Jackie Chan's like, I'll get in there and do it. He actually says Mm -hmm. it like that. He's like, let me have a crack at him. I'm better than him. And he's like, okay. So he jumps in, and there's these papers flying around of like these dragon punch moves.
3: That's right. That's when he gets the when he's getting beat up, and he goes, what do I do now? He's
2: got stuck. (laughs) The guy's got him like locked down or whatever. And he's he's reading a manual. He's like, "Uh, uh, uh." and he's trying to ah, scissor kick. Scissor care yeah. And then that doesn't work. He's like, oh, he like reads up another piece of paper. Huh? And he looks at it. And sometimes they show the drawings and they were like, stick figures, almost. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, he, and then he tries something else. And every now and then he'll punch them. And then every now and then the guy... And the guy is getting, getting the best of him for a long time. He pulls his, his hair off and he's bald. And he guy, guy's like, oh, a wig, imagine that. Which is kind of making fun of those because they're all wearing wigs.
3: Sure. Jackie, like, Jackie Chan, Chan has tail. like, yeah, so
2: this is... That was, like, a self-referential, like, laugh at themselves, kind of. Yeah. Because then this guy's there. And and then they just kind of, I mean, they he fights and fights, and he finally, I forget how he actually, oh, he actually, like. He, he's he, fighting a guy, and
3: then there's, like, a sword. There's this poison sword sticking to The dart, one. yeah. Like he, and when he goes, he does. He pulls some kick, and the guy's getting ready to get him, and all of a sudden he kicks him or something, and the guy just falls on. Falls and,
2: through the thing. And
3: he's, like, just standing there impaled or whatever. Which, you
2: know? and then, then, then another laugh, like, laugh out loud moment of this. This guy falls into the store and he's like Ugh! and Jackie Chan's like butterfly punching yeah, all over right, his yeah, stomach yeah. and yeah, his chest dead. and he's like he's, he's
0: just he's like
2: oh, huh huh serves you right you know <laughs> cuz the guy who does the voiceover for Jackie Chan um I like I liked it later when Jackie Chan does it did his own voice um I, I I'm I, I'm comfortable with it I know it it's a, it, it, I, I like, you know, his yeah, his yeah. tone and stuff like that. This guy was complete voiceover. Like, yeah, see, I'm a toughie. You yeah. know, he's like an <laughs> Australian guy. Like, shout out to like one of those, you know, old 50s tough guy movies. Oh, yeah, stuff, yeah, you yeah know? definitely. It was like,
3: yeah, see, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm going to rough you up, and then I'm going to get the girl, see?
3: Because it's all played for it's All played for laughs.
2: Yeah, this was one of the, not strangest, because we've seen some really weird stuff. It's
3: strange. But, but this it. was...
2: Uh, three stooges meets looney tunes meets jackie chan and action you know? pretty much yeah uh don't go into this if you're a purist that only likes this <laughs> pure true Kung on, Fu. Yeah. this is uh
3: um... this
2: uh i i i saw a lot of really great martial arts in this movie though like it's not i would never dismiss this as a junk movie because he does a lot of great martial arts there's a the story's no different than any other. Co- oh, because at the end, it turns out he's like, oh, yeah, we had it in here. He took the spear off, and it was just like rocks. And he was like, see, this is all just a trick to draw out all the, all the all the gangs. Now we can live in peace. And Jackie Chan's like, huh? He's just, like, looking. <laughs> and he pokes, he does the iron finger into the other student's eye, which this guy's very odd-looking. He, he reminds me of, like, the guy who sells Christine. In the beginning of Christine, the, the, like that, like really thin, gaunt, oh, punched over guy. Yeah, so he that. pokes him in the eye, and then the other, the, then the, that guy pokes Jackie Chan in the eye. Like in the the freeze frame, I took a picture of it, probably for this, but maybe as a background for my computer. The end is the the one student going like, like he got poked in the eye, and the other one is Jackie Chan giving you the middle finger because <laughs> he used the middle finger to poke his eye, yeah. and he's literally sitting there like this with this with this shot. Uh, and, and it is classic. Like I was like, wow, I am capturing that forever. So, yeah, this uh, is an
3: oddball movie, man. Oh, yeah, it was. It's probably not the best one to start off with for Jackie Chan, because this is a little too frantic all over the place or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah I remember that, that. it's yeah. a
2: freeze frame at the end. I didn't notice he was shooting the bird thing. That's why I took the picture. I was like, "Oh yeah." So yeah, again, like what you just much to your point. um, Like watch some of his other stuff. Watch Drunken Master, Master. which is a great one. Um, Watch any of those kind of movies, so you can know who you're watching because he is an awesome, awesome martial artist and a good actor. Um, I'll say that he's you know he's he has his limitations, but he's good. You yeah. know, rush hour is pretty funny. Um, you know, yeah. So, you and know, then work up to work story, up you know, to probably. half a look. I wanted. I originally I was trying to find police story. Oh. But police story one is not on YouTube. Oh, That's okay. something you have to buy. So I was like, eh, I'll figure that out some other time. You oh, know, because okay. I that was the one I originally wanted to do, but you can't find it. You can't find it. We have a time limit, man. We gotta. Our movie's got to come fast and furious. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right, that's it for this week. I'm going to I love this movie uh, like of course growing up watching. I'm going to give it like an 8. Um, I'll
3: give it like a 7.
2: Yeah, I could I figured you to uh, you were you were. this is a little weird.
3: This is a little I like I, I lost my way through this movie. I picked up certain ah, scenes. You lost, lost your way, way, but you must I find it. Lost my that. way, ah. yeah, exactly.
2: All right. Well, that's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you go out and check it out if you're a kung fu enthusiast or if you just like Jackie Chan. Go get this one. It's hilarious and it'll be like four bucks on Amazon. And by that exciting, fun-filled, punch-filled intro, you know it's time for the one and only Kung Fu Theater. My name's Mao, and this is the show dedicated to bringing you a Kung Fu review of sorts. Uh, Oftentimes, my sidekick, Dr. Morbius, is with me, but he has uh, gone into the hills for some meditation. He's going to try and find his center, and... So I've been left to guard the village by myself. So here we are. Um, And oftentimes we talk about a movie in particular, but this week I thought I would do something a bit different, since it's just me. I can break the rules a little bit. No one's here to guard me. (laughs) Yes, I'm going to be just uh, kind of talking a little bit about the life, the times, the career of one 1980s Kung Fu-rific star. Of course I mean... Jean Claude Van Damme. Ah, yes. Think back, you, and uh, you know, you think back through the the w- glorious uh, world that is Kung Fu, and you think back to the start of it and the excitement, the explosion of uh, the the uh, Chop Suey, the Chop sake, I mean, coming out with all these dang dang Kung Fu movies, uh, making twenty a week out of Hong Kong and. And, uh, some good, some not so good, some exciting, some groundbreaking, um, by the time Kung Fu movies got to the 80s, um, uh, I would say, at first I would say it was the bust, because, you know, of course the 70s, the late 60s, early 70s, mid 70s, Kung Fu was the boom, you know, and then after the boom there's always a lull or a bust, the bubble pops, kind of like a housing market or a gold market or a job market. I don't know what to tell you. When it swells, it will inevitably contract. And then the 80s were kind of like that because I believe Kung Fu kind of got absorbed into action. And if you remember the 80s, cinema in the 80s was all about the action, Action Jackson. You had the the superstars of Stallone and Schwarzenegger and then you had, you know, some of the other guys. You still had Bronson was still there. Uh, Clint Eastwood was still around. They were on the, you know, they were like the later years. They were kind of go, going off into the sunset. And there was many, many action stars vying for these super huge, super larger than life roles. And, but there was also some kung fu going on. And I would like to think that that was kind of revitalized by one of my heroes. Jean-Claude Van Damme now like I said there's always been uh, Kung Fu movies uh, there, and even even through the, there always there's, there always has been I believe there always will be some sort of Kung Fu movies it kind of it becomes who's the star you know uh, of course you had uh, Jackie Chan Bruce Lee uh, you know, Sammo Hung you had some of these really famous guys that were just that kind of became the icons of that realm And then, of course, you know, the tragic passing of Bruce Lee. You had a million imitators trying to take the throne. Uh, You know, nobody quite lived up to that, but that's okay. Um, There usually is only one of those kind of guys. You know, but, of course, Jackie Chan had his own thing going on. We talked about him last week a little bit on here on Kung Fu Theater, Radio St. Pete. We talked about it a little bit. um, You know, he was a different style. Very good. Very accomplished. Off the charts with his martial arts skill, his body control, but he really liked humor. He loved slapstick. He was he embraced that clown, not clown. That's a little bit too harsh. The the comedy elements that could be in, included or infused into kung fu, and that was great. You know, um, sometimes too much heavy handed stuff needs to take a breath. Needs to have. A little bit of a laugh, a little tweak in the nose, you know, um, and, and, and Jackie Chan has been doing that ever since. Um, you know, he was in a bunch of, he was in a lot of serious roles, serious stuff, but he always had a moment in those movies that let you remember, this is Jackie Chan, he's really funny, he's really great, he seems to me, anyway, like a genuinely great guy, you know. And then you had a whole bunch of, uh, of martial artists that came around in the 80s, and in the 80s, action movies really ramped up. I mean, you had, uh, just, these were off-the-chart productions with explosions and excitement and insanity and it just, just craziness. You only need to look at some of the Schwarzenegger stuff and some of the Stallone stuff to see the level of what action movies were in the 80s. Uh, you know, even now, with how hyper stylized they are with CG and the craziness and the super fast cuts, it's not the same. Um, you know, they, they really changed the game uh, of what action movies were considered, and that, of course, uh, lends itself very well to the martial arts. And then you had uh, Van Dam, who I felt was the leader of the pack. He was the that generation's kung fu master. You know, um, he and then you and also Steven Seagal. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones cuz there were quite a few other ones but they they don't that's the problem they don't even stand out. Um you know Don the Dragon Wilson was in there Cynthia Rothrock of course was in there as a as a very potent uh female lead but when you talk about who has it it's not the one and only Van Damme it's only Jean-Claude Van Damme from that cuz uh, Steven Seagal although very accomplished at martial arts, that style does not lend itself. It's a very use-a-person's-own-weight-against-them and stuff like that, and it's not very fancy. There's nothing special about it. It'll it'll take you out in ten seconds. It's a very potent martial art, but it ain't very fun to look at. And if you look at, listen to some of the uh, interviews like Jackie Chan even talked about, where you can take martial arts, but you have to make it super exaggerated and every motion has to be extended and held out there and the the dust has to fly from your cuff you know where they put the powder in there on their feet and stuff and everything has to be slow and long and exaggerated and that's uh, they never, like Seagal never got that and and then of course more of who he was kind of came out in his interviews and stuff like that and that detracted as well Um, now I'm not going to be uh hearted enough to say that uh, Van Damme was not without his uh mistakes uh, and everyone makes them. Uh, I'm not apologetic for it. But when you listen to Sigal talk, he he really is one of the only people that I know that really drinks his Kool-Aid to that level where he says these outlandish claims and you're like what are you talking about? That you know like oh, you know, he just so he kind of made his own career disappear. Um you know, and then, and and all the other ones, Don the Dragon Wilson was mostly B-movie level. Van, Van Damme's movies were, I guess, in, to this day and age, they're considered B-movies, you know. But they weren't. Some were, some weren't. I really don't know. Uh, like, we'll try to, like, talk about a few of them. I'm not going to, of course, go over all of them. Uh, fun fact uh, that I will... I should have prefaced the whole this story talking about this. I actually, about a year ago... I actually watched, in chronological order, every Van Damme movie. Um, that even includes, there was one where he was just a stunt driver for one of the um, Chuck Norris, uh, Mission Impossible, uh, not Mission Impossible, um, oh God, what were they called, like MIA or something like that. They were, they were, those were crazy canon films. I watched that scene where he was a, a stunt driver in a Jeep, and then I watched where he was kind of dancing in the one of the dance-offs in um, Breaking 2, Electric Buckaloo. So I mean I I mean I literally watched every single movie Jean-Claude Van Damme ever did in the order they came out. So I know a little bit about what I'm talking about. Um when I talk about his career, his his story, his style. You know, I had intentions of doing the same uh for uh, like a like a Sylvester Stallone or or Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think I had chosen Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it just never took off and I don't know if it was lack of will Or if just it was a lot more fun doing it for Van Damme. Because those movies were just... Some were serious and awesome. Some were hilarious. Some were just cheeseball and where he was sleepwalking. There was a period of his life where I think the partying got to him. And the womanizing got to him. And the problems got to him. And he wasn't doing the same stuff. But there are the standouts like Bloodsport and Time Cop. There's a whole bunch of them out there that were just really strong... Standalone kung fu movies, fun craziness, you know, and he also had kind of a a very, he had a very nice personality, like, when he talked in interviews, when he, when he smiled and goofed around and played on film, it it was, he was likable, and that was one of the things that even, like, Tony Jaa doesn't have, there's a lot of these guys that are very strong and very tough, and great martial artists. But they don't have a a presence or a or a you know they you don't want to watch them you know well, one that like Bolo Young who is his presence he doesn't need to be a lot of an actor cause he is awesome like he's a gigantic monster of a guy very fit huge muscles he's been he plays the heavy in like everything and uh, whenever you see him you're like all right cool here now we're talking now we got Bolo Young in here. Throwing rocks on people or whatever he does because he's just this gigantic dude, uh, you know. But then that's not his role is to be charismatic. His role is to be menacing, and he does that great. But when you have your lead, you want to believe in them or you want to laugh with them or you, they, the journey you want to be with them on that journey. And a lot of the martial artists that turn into kung fu, they just take a good martial artist and say, okay, now you can be in a kung fu action movie. And those are usually terrible because they don't have that acting. They don't have that that thing that makes you want to be with them on the journey. All right, enough of Yakety Yak. Let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to dive deep, deep, deep into the world of Jean-Claude Van Damme. And I hope you're as excited as I am because, man, it's going to be awesome.
0: Bruce Lee was the
1: king of Kung Fu. Angela Mayo, the martial arts queen. But neither could compare nor compete with Chinese Hercules. He's the superhuman beast of the East. Bone cracker, head crusher, back snapper, body breaker, men, women, old, young. Hundreds Or one alone Each challenges and each becomes the pulverized prey of Chinese Hercules The first and only muscle-mad monster of the martial arts Chinese Hercules, he'll get a crush on you
3: Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world?
2: <laughs> and I'm back. Thank you. Chinese Hercules. Wow. Alright, so where were we? We were talking about Jean-Claude Van Damme. Or, I, I'm going to try and say who, how he was born. He was born as Jean-Claude Camille-François Van Vandenberg. Vane, var, var, Varenberg. And that's why we call him Jean Claude Van Damme, or J V C D, or the mus- the muscles from Brussels, yes. So, um, like unlike most, uh, or like most, he he did uh, a lot of karate. He did a lot of um, he did some, um, like kickboxing and fighting and stuff like that. He did he actually was very good in the martial arts competition. Um, he he also started out as a, as a ballerina or doing ballet, uh, which is apparent when he does those incredibly crazy splits that you see in a few of his movies. I will say this, having watched them all, although everyone thinks he does a split in every movie, he does not do a split in every movie. I think his, his total for the entire filmography was only six splits. But they, um, they sure seem very... Uh, you remember them a lot more than they really were. It was incredibly low. And then he has one, two, three, four... F- one, two, three, four... Five wives... So, you know, not without trouble. Um, he does a lot of aerial kicks. He, has, he One of the things that was odd about what, going through his filmography, unlike Schwarzenegger, because uh, all of Schwarzenegger's um, movies, he talked like that with his heavy accent, but you know what, I don't care, my name is Ben Richards, and I'm from California, you know, they just he just said I don't care and they they cast him as everything, where for some reason they um Jean Claude Van Damme always they always wrote it in as a way of explaining away his like oh now we're in New Orleans oh this is just my New Orleans accent or now we're in the Middle East or now we're and I think they would have done better just letting that go, just just let it go man just let let him be him we don't have to know why this guy uh, it speaks with an accent, (laughs) uh, but whatever, you know, so, like I said, he did a lot, a lot of work, he, he really was, um, kind of, he worked really hard to get in there, uh, he worked really hard to get into the, even into the movies, you know, into anything, uh, I'm trying to think of which ones. Of course, Universal Soldier for from from new modern for modern uh, l- listeners might be um, his most notable, because he was in kickboxer, he was in blood sport. Uh, there was some craziness where he was like, uh, uh, what was it? Double team was one. Double uh, double impact. He played his own twin. Uh, you know, uh, I think the double team was one that he had with uh, what was that basketball player's name? Ugh. Um, it was terrible, too. Darn it. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. I'm trying to use some of IMDB so I can... Uh, what's that guy's name? Oh, double Team. He is with the gu- the Goofball that was uh, green hair. Dennis Rodman. God, that took forever. I'm sorry, everyone. So, yes, if you want to see Dennis Rodman... Starring uh, uh, with uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, go see Double Team. Um, you know, Hard Target was one where he was in New Orleans and he was uh, he played Chance Bordeaux. He was the hunted by um, you know hunted by what by um, by the rich people on the, uh, in New Orleans. Um, I think what happened was you know he he broke out uh, he like with Bloodsport that was the one that kind of I want to say put him on the map. Um, he, it was supposedly a real story. I not too much. I'm not sure sure uh, how much I believe Frank Duke's version of all that. But whatever the the kumite, but that was a very interesting movie. It it kind of mimicked the kumite from uh, Master of the Flying Guillotine, where the there was all these different specialty fighters from their interesting parts of the world, you know. They had the sumo, and they had the guy that cheats, and then they had Bolo Jung, who was the bad guy. There was uh, the big Harley uh, guy from America that inexplicably beat a bunch of people. and So it was kind of a fun movie, you know. And then there was a love interest, and they were like, we're going to get you back to the army, Frank Dukes. You can't just escape. I'll see you after the fight, you know. Uh, so Bloodsport was cool. Uh, and then Kickboxer came out right after that, which was very similar story. Much more um, showing the training, showing how hard it is, showing the the devastation of when you get hurt doing this. You know, because he was avenging his brother who got paralyzed from this evil organization. And um, you know, so those are. But aside from all the the like the high intensity and and the oh, the theatrics of the eighties, which there were a lot of that. At the core of it, there was still some very good martial arts. Um, you know, now it isn't kung fu like from from you know from China from the factories in China, Shaw Brothers and the likes. Uh, but it was great kung fu. They were doing a lot of really intense stuff, and it was heavy heavy choreographed. But pretty much anything after the seventies was ultra choreographed at this point. You know. Uh, you had a Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and all that kind of stuff. It was almost like a, a dance instead of a kung fu, you know, or martial arts. Uh, but but these were still a little bit of that gritty, punchy, you know, heavy-duty fighting stuff. So it was kind of cool. And Lionheart fell into that. Um, and then you had Death Warrant, which was much dirtier and nastier, and Universal Soldiers... Was a was another one that I think was a very um, high impact to his career as far as really really brought him back out like kept him in the in the spotlight so to speak because uh, then you have Time Cop which was a huge hit um, that followed Hard Target Time Cop was a an interesting sci-fi mixture that. Um, uh, well, almost everyone knows Time Cop. If you don't, if, you should go see it. It's a very fun, goofy movie. Street Fighter, yikes! And then uh, you know, Street Fighter was I liked it because I liked the video game a lot, but it was total cheese ball. He played Colonel Guile. I, I I think it's how you say his name, Guile. And I think and and this this was the part that was where he you know Jean Claude was doing these movies and he started kind of getting i think overbelieving his hype but also like he was cranking them out one after the other after the other and and after the couple super big hits he, they kind of were a tear down a tear down a tear down where where he was doing B movies but there was still some money coming in you know and and this is this was where a little bit of of I don't want to say his reputation, but uh, you know, like he had some drug problems. He had some I'm sure ego problems because you become a star and you're very physically fit and you're very you have to have some kind of bravado to 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 live in that world in Hollywood or or even in the B movie world, you know. So along with the womanizing, along with the with the with the the that kind of legal troubles, drug troubles, stuff like that. He was still making what I consider good movies, but they were not... Like, he wasn't in the realm of Stallone and, a, and, and a, or Schwarzenegger, you know. He could have been. He should have been, um, but it just wasn't meant to be because he kind of... It didn't click for him like it could have. Not that he's doing bad, don't get me wrong. He still has very nice houses, very nice cars, and uh, he's doing fine, but... You know, when you look at what he could have been doing, it, it was kind of almost a shame how it did go. Because then it started getting into the canon and, and, and you know, the new image and those kind of weird... The production houses that were just cranking him out. Um, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll we'll get to the second half. Uh, we'll, we'll, is there a resurgence? Is that what you'd call it? Um, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, he was gone for a little while, and then we remembered why we liked him, or maybe it's only me. It's probably only me, but Whatever. We'll be right back. This is Kung Fu Theater.
1: The clones of Bruce Lee. The respected and loved Chinese superstar Bruce Lee has just died. Starring Dragon Lee, Bruce Lee, and Bruce Lai. Suddenly and without warning, he fell into a coma today. The (laughs) Clones of Bruce Lee brings a new dimension to martial arts films. Scientists and police made a momentous decision. They would create the Clones of Bruce Lee. These identical specimens of the late Bruce Lee are trained in all the martial arts through scientific techniques. clones of Bruce Lee, starring Bruce Lai, Bruce lay Bruce Ty, and Dragon Lee. <laughs>
0: You gotta give me a ride. I'm way too big to drive to the devil's house.
2: All right, and we're joined by our special guest right now, uh my cat Destructo. Was nagging at the studio door so badly I had to let him in, and now he's walking around chewing on wires. So if I inexplicably cut out forever, thank Destructo the cat, who is a big goofball that we all love him so much. Okay. Anyway, now where was I? Oh, yes. Jean-Claude Van Damme. We were just talking about a little bit how they started to drop off. You know, Universal Soldiers was big. Um, Time Cop was big. But I don't know if any of these were really making the huge money that, that uh, some of the other stars were making. And don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, all these action stars and, and martial arts heroes were... They all had their trials and tribulations. They all had some down points in their careers, you know. Um, but Jean-Claude really kind of just started making, like, the stuff that's kind of filmed in other countries for very little money. You know, uh, Legionnaire, Knockoff, Replicant. Is he a Replicant or is he a Replicant? Um, we'll never know. The Order, Derailed, In Hell, you know. And some of these are very, when you watch them now, I mean, they're, they are still pretty good martial arts movies, um, they're just not uh, up to that level, like the high dollar level um, that that we're used to in the '80s with, or not and early '90s with these action films. Um, not that they're bad. Then all of a sudden, we had one that came out around 2008. You know, now this is—he's been grinding. He's been making movies about one a year since forever. Um, he made a lot of movies, um, and there's one called JCVD this movie um, is he's kind of playing himself and he's playing it's very interesting it's a very good movie it, it it doesn't make you feel sad for him or anything like that but it shows that he has a lot of conscience and a lot of he knows the mistakes he's made he knows some of the opportunities that he's squandered and 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 when you watch that movie you also get a, a real solid glimpse into what his life's kind of been like um you know from me sitting in a seat watching these these kung fu movies or, or these martial arts action films that as they're unrolling as they're played out and just watching what that's like from an action star who is going getting on in age and he has to you know go through these low budget martial arts movies and and uh, it, it's it's pretty revealing as to what his life has been like and 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 kind of um really shed a lot of uh, also shed a lot of light on his personality and who he is as a person and made me admire him a lot more um I always did like him you know but uh after seeing uh, JCVD uh, I really kind of got a, a real admiration for who he really is as a person and that means a lot in this you know when you're watching a star's film I can't watch Mel Gibson's movies anymore um, or Christian Bale because he's—they're just such horrible humans. You, or you know, you just you're like ah, eh. it kind of ruins it. Now they do still make good movies, but I just can't watch them. So then after that, you know, the, the after the late mid two thousands, you know, it's almost like he was in. You know, then he started kind of. He did a voice for Kung Fu Panda. Um, he did Expendables. He was the villain in Expendables, which was really good. Um, and he, you know, he, so he's starting to be re-recognized or rediscovered. You know, now obviously his heyday was back in the 80s and 90s. I'm, I'm guessing, even though I'm saying 80s, I think the majority of his of his solid work was the 90s. You know, he was really a, a, a product of the time for the 90s. But a lot of people are starting to watch some of those older ones and really realize his martial arts skill, his kung fu, you know, some of the kung fu uh genre that he's added to and he's become part of you know uh, goofball movies here uh, aside you know when you look back at a lot of the kung fu movies they're very cheesy and B movie as well so i don't fault him for that in, in the very least so my, i i'm guess what i'm trying i'm trying to think of like what should i leave you with when you're watching uh let's just say okay uh i'm going to say you have to watch these 3 Jean Claude Van Damme movies. Now, what am I gonna pick? Well, I gotta go with Bloodsport. That has you know Bolo Young in it first of all, and it's also very reminiscent of the kind of of, of physical um, presence he brings to the of uh, the screen and and his martial arts skill. You know, he does a lot of twirls and kicks and punches and and uh, and it's a pretty cool movie anyway. So. See Jean-Claude Van Damme as Frank Dukes, as in Put Up Your Dukes, from uh, Bloodsport. And then I'm, oh, I'm looking, 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 you know. We can skip. I'm, I'm trying to think, should I say Universal Soldier, Time Cop? I I, can't, I don't even think I can do three, because of the three, I have to tell you, I, you have to see JCVD. Okay, that's the bookend. So the bookends are, uh, you know, uh, Bloodsport and JCVD. Now, what's in the middle? If I just have to go with one, you know, you know, would I? Should I do uh, Time Cop, or, or should I do uh, Universal Soldier? You know, Kickboxers in there. I wouldn't say Kickboxer. And I'm trying now. It's like okay. Now here's the real dilemma: uh, is do you do you see do you see uh, Time Cop, or do you see uh, Universal Soldier? Hmm. I guess I'll have to leave that up to you. So, you know, if you want Universal Soldier is a very um, interesting tale of uh, these are these are soldiers that were dead from the Viet- in the Vietnam War, but they kept their bodies on ice and they genetically enhanced them to be kind of the perfect killing machines, the perfect universal soldier. And whenever there was something really hinky, they were supposed to just drop these six guys in there who were already dead anyway. And uh, they were stronger, bigger, and couldn't be killed. And they would just run through the entire uh, resistance. And then Jean-Claude Van Damme still is remembering some things about his past. Kind of like RoboCop. Remember how RoboCop was always like, oh, Murphy, I remember my family and all this stuff. And it's kind of like the same thing where Jean-Claude Van Damme remembers some stuff. And he also remembers uh, (laughs) our friend... The bad guy in this one uh, one Dolph Lundgren. So, Dolph Lundgren's in a lot of these movies, too. I don't know, they're just kind of like... There's a lot of overlap there. Uh, so Dolph Lundgren plays one of the best psychos I've ever seen on screen uh, as he remembers some of his past, too. And what he remembers was he was a lunatic uh, where cutting off ears and that kind of stuff, making ear necklaces and doing very bad things in the villages of Vietnam... So that's one one choice, or the or the second choice is Time Cop, which is a very interesting kind of movie. It's a time travel movie where he plays a cop that is in charge of policing um, time travel. Time in this world, time travel is a, a, a possibility. They they have these uh, these ways of going through time. And, uh, you know, we have Ron Silva's the bad guy. Senator McComb. And, and, and John claude Van Damme is a cop named Walker, you know. And that one is crazy. A lot of fun, but a lot of crazy as well. So, boy, I can't really narrow it down. Top three, okay, it's going to be your pick, but make sure you see Bloodsport. Make sure you see JCVD. Um, and then your choice. You know, a little from column A, a little from column B. If you want to do yourself a favor, watch them both. But if I'm going to narrow it down to three, I guess I would have to pick Time Cop as my third. But you couldn't go wrong with either. Time Cop was one of those that I've seen a million times. Um, Just a a, a goofy movie. He does a split uh, up as a bad guy shoots a taser into water and fries himself. But he misses Jean-Claude because he... Does the split up onto some cabinets? There was an interesting scene that sticks out in my mind. I'm trying to find it. Was it? no um, wasn't miss- missing in, a- in action. Was the one I was thinking of, where he was the uncredited soldier driving the thing. Where was it? Black Eagle. No, tr- no retreat, no surrender. He plays Ivan Kreskinsky, the Russian. And this is his menacing role. This is one of his this is one of his first roles. He doesn't speak in the, very much, maybe a little. He is so imposing and so menacing and he's just like this this thug that beats people up and it's it's incredible. Cuz there is a few movies in his for the most part of his career he's been the good guy. And I can tell, I can tell as as I was watching all of them, when he's the bad guy, it's more natural to him, like if that makes sense. When he's fighting as the good guy, he's trying to be flowery and all that kind of stuff. But when he's, when he's cast as a bad guy, he seems very natural. Really kicking hard, really punching hard, and doing a lot of very, very nasty things. Which leads me to believe that he is probably very aggressive in his fighting style. And he was trying to flower it up for the uh, theatrics of Kung Fu. So, alright, there you have it. I, I guess I have expounded enough. Hey, if you want to know more... First of all go to IMDb look at all these movies that he's done and and do yourself a favor and and just just uh, go check him out. Um he he is quite a performer. He's kind of a cool guy. I would, he's one of those guys I honestly would really love to meet one day. But you know the chances of me meeting one of these idols that I have are are very few and far between or I should say very slim, not few and far between. That's a dumb way of saying it. You know, I I hope to meet him one day. Doubt I ever will, but if I do, I will say, sir, thank you for the many, many years of awesomeness that you have given the world. That's it for Kung Fu Theater this week. I hope you enjoyed this uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme spectacular. Uh, We'll be back back next week. We're going to tackle a classic, Fist of Fury. That's right, Bruce Lee. We're going back to the roots, baby. My name's Mao, and we will see you next week on Kung Fu Theater.